Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of the X Button. My name is Alejandro, your co-host, and with me is also my lovely co-host. Hi, I'm Paul, everyone. Hi, Alejandro, there, Paul. it's good to see you again. Yeah, um, it's good. You got some, some stuff going on there behind you, man. Yeah, like I mentioned in the last episode, I'm traveling. So I came in to the U.S. to get my vaccine, and that means that I wanted to keep recording. So my background looks different. So, yeah, I have instead of a black, black background, now I have a white background in, a, in an undisclosed location. So, yeah, and also I got a little interesting thing in my face. <laughs> For everyone that's seen my video, they'll see it, this thing grow real quick. <laughs> I can already see the five o'clock shadow going on. You're going to be up to my level by the end of the episode. Yeah, just imagine <laughs> just, just that kind of time loop. So, Paul, how have you been? I've been all right. It has been an extremely busy week. Um, I am glad to finally, oddly enough, Monday is actually one of the lowest, slowest days for me. And um, this is my day to actually recover somewhat over everything that's been going on. But um, we, we got to up to some fun antics uh, yesterday. Oh, sure we did, which I think we can immediately dovetail into what, what have we been playing? Paul, oh, yes. what have we been playing? Well, uh, I would say that we have been dealing with a lot of destiny. Yeah. And if I can actually get this to share my screen right now, I am going mm -hmm. to get this all the way figured out. All right. Mm -hmm um yes we have uh oh, alejandro i've been kind of stressed out and traumatized from yesterday and <laughs> in the um the events even just looking at this screen is making me stressed out right now um you already have a vault of glass yeah uh, for the raid that the came out yet yeah yes. the the destiny one raid that got reprised in destiny 2 that launched on saturday we actually played a little bit of it Yep. And um, I, I loved it and I hated it. <laughs> it made me question things about myself. Um, and I understand like your hesitation because of how uh, important it is to have people that you can trust and um, that can actually follow what's going on. Because mm -hmm. I thought I was like a pretty bad new person to this game, but um following some of the people that had far higher light rankings than I did um, really struggle with the logic and puzzles of the raid was um, it was a little rage inducing. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit difficult to uh, come to terms with that, but we got about halfway through it. So, I mean, that was, that was a victory and I got some nice stuff out of it. Better than I did. I just got stupid armor. Yeah, um, I'm I'm pretty glad for that. Honestly, yeah. I'm I'm surprised because if I didn't get anything good out of it, I probably wouldn't have wanted to even bother going back. Um, so I'm glad that the beginners um, the casino thing mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you, you're new to this. We're gonna give you a, a good few victories, and then we're gonna stonewall the crap. It, it, out of it really makes me wonder if that's how they tune in the RNG. I'm wondering because, because I I literally I only got one sniper and then all armor. And then you got the scout rifle and a sniper. Which I, I really like that scout rifle. I'm going to try maining that. Um, it's because, like, just the concept of a scout rifle that is also auto uh, firing is... There's, there's a few. 
but that one's very special especially the first i've ever seen because that's how new i am to all of this but (sighs) and 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 now, now here's the thing like you saw like some of the encounters how long it took us but you saw how every encounter we just kept getting better and better we did and it just it, it just kept us pushing right like it'd be like look we got farther this time let's try it again we got even yeah. farther this time let's try it again and again and again and uh that's to me that that's always been like the beauty of raids to me because um it's a different kind of pace for a first person shooter on top of that because it is. this is not just like uh, for people hopefully they can see the screen share whenever we put the video podcast there like it's a lot to keep up with it, with, with the amount of enemies it starts throwing at you but it's not just about shooting them it's about figuring out a very specific set of mechanics to solve a puzzle mm-hmm. and we were not even using guides and what's funny is that i have done this raid back in destiny one most of you didn't and it was fun seeing like the team that we were running with yeah figuring it out oh and i don't think a single one of them had done it outside of you and like maybe one other guy yeah the guy uh our clan mate elix which by the way if anyone's interested in destiny wants to have a clan join ours clan chaotic so <laughs> with uh with two hyphens on either yeah, side with high, yeah with the two hyphens because yeah, there may be another chaotic out there but, i yeah. guarantee there is <laughs> Yeah, but that that's the thing. Uh, we stopped. At what time did you stop playing, Paul? Uh, Midnight-ish? Yes. Yeah. I stopped playing at 3 because... Eastern time, by the way. Because just as we were getting out, a guy that I ran raids with sent me an invite mm-hmm. and brought me over to continue playing it. And I got to finish it, actually. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, and... So- that was uh, a trip <laughs> answer for me then how does that work with where you were in this raid it took me forward uh because he was in a different encounter so i had to join in in his instance so whenever you're joining so, in um a different player um, they, um especially if you're joining the fire team leader you're joining in to his instance depending on whatever checkpoint he has so like okay. for example if we were to play later today let's say and you're the fire team leader yeah you would have the checkpoint where we left off okay what if you did though does that mean you lost your checkpoint yeah because uh i finished it we would have to like we would have to restart it so so as long as you join on any one of us yes we could keep going okay Mm -hmm. that makes sense so yeah that's anything else that you were playing paul other than destiny um, we don't go into that was one of the only things that i was able to play but uh let me tell you i did get to play a little actually yes uh knockout city came out a few days ago the fortnite style ball volleyball game it is um the stupidest of fun i will say because um every time you hit somebody with the ball it makes that classic dodgeball sound the that noise that i can't even try to rip replicate with my mouth but you can hear it and you can smell it you know um whenever you got hit by one of those things in the face and anyway to grossly oversimplify it it was a three on three uh more or less death match with dodgeballs in the center uh and a surprisingly simple mechanic of catching the ball throwing the ball charging it you have different balls that will give you different abilities um, from like multiple shots to like a cage ball that wraps them up and you can use the player as a ball to hit another person. 
Um, I don't know if you've ever tried it or seen anything of it, Alejandro. I definitely suggest trying it out. It's free to play for like the next is probably six or seven days. And then it's like 10 bucks. I might. Um, I saw videos of it and I think it was either a state of play or a Nintendo Direct. I showed it. Mm, it definitely it has a perspective of Fortnite. But... It does have a very like um, animated, uh, heavily um, like screen stretched chat. perspective. Screen share. Oh yeah, you're right. I yeah, let me find that actually. I can sure. I can find gameplay of it right now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see this action. As y'all can see, we're experimenting with this thing right now. <laughs> yes. Um, and then let me go over here real quick. Do that and then share screen, share screen, hit that button and budding. All right. So as you can see, uh, I don't know if you can see it, Alejandro, but hopefully mm -hmm. our viewers can. Um, very simple, very like stretched perspective, very cartoonish features. It's like this sci-fi 50s uh, style mm -hmm. of like everyone's hair and outfits. Um, very grease, snap your fingers when you see the other team kind of <laughs> vibe to it. But um, as you can see, there's a whole process of getting the ball from the other players you don't have them to begin with they're neutrally in the world uh, as pickups mm -hmm. so you're racing towards them you can do no damage on your own without a ball but you can push uh to disrupt other players so i have seen people push each other off, off the edges um you can glide across the um the wind and get to different areas so it's a lot about positioning um a lot about moving forward jumping straight back into the rest of this so you've got abilities and different things like that but i think the simplicity is where it's really uh selling me right now and i'm enjoying it immensely however i have seen a lot of people get very good at it so i would not expect to um i would definitely expect to see um the crazy 360 no scope quick match uh montages in the near future of people getting very snappy with this but um i enjoyed it immensely uh alejandro have you been playing anything besides destiny 2 i uh actually did play okay just give me a second i'm just adjusting here something with my camera there it is i uh, can you hear me yes yep yeah there's something that my charger is not charging right now but I'll make sure I figure that out. Okay. So um, I actually kept playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition, still playing through Mass Effect 1, still loving the heck out of the remaster work they did to that game. Uh, and I finished Mafia Definitive Edition. Really? Yes. And it's a game I don't recommend at full price. Absolutely not. Hmm. Wait for that sale. They, the story remained great, but... The gameplay just kept getting more and more uh, repetitive, boring, and frustrating. Yeah. And the checkpoint system was downright abysmal later on. So, yeah, here it is. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's the thing. Like, Mafia is so great at its storytelling. That's that that is like the. <laughs> it's so funny. You're just showing that's the, the, taxi the scene yeah the, the taxi about. scene that I was like screaming at, uh, and, and like when, when we started book clubbing it. But and it parts of parts of it look cool, but there's just so much crap in that game that I'm like, oh, I could have been so much better. Like 
gunplay if if it didn't have a lot of like enough uh, quirks to it that are just so unnecessary i would have loved it so much more but yeah and those have been like the only three games we I, i i played and also when i was traveling because i also brought my switch i kept playing super mario 3d world and really? yeah it's still enjoys i still haven't beaten it but that's still such a great game to play on a, on a plane so Well, but enough of what we've been playing, Paul. We got a handful of news after yesterday was a little yes, bit on the. We did. How can I say it? And and like the soft side. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> so Paul, duty honors. Press X. For some news. All right. So Paul. It's ironically enough, almost a year ago, we kind of talked about this event being announced and happening. And it's so funny, almost a year later, we're here again. But now with the benefit of hindsight. So, so yeah, so for people that don't know, we're so close to the Electronic Entertainment Expo, also known as E3, happening. And who else is doing stuff around that time, Paul? Just about everyone, aren't they? But someone specific. Someone that uh, kind of took the baton when E3 disappeared last year. That was Jeff Keighley, was that? Yes, him? yes. And Summer Game Fest. So after he did that Summer Game Fest last uh, last year, which when it was announced, it had so much promise before becoming what it was. He absorbed all that feedback and he's bringing it again. So like, we're not just going to get E3, which is from June 12th to June 15th this year. We are actually going to get uh, his Summer Game Fest also. And not only that, he has a lot of participants also. So it doesn't mean that even though E3 is happening, it, it didn't mean that everyone wanted to go back to E3. They're actually are partnering with this guy. And more importantly, he, the big feedback from him, and that was the thing that I mentioned when we came back with this show this year, Summer Game Fest, the idea was sound, but the execution was horrible. Yeah. overextended there was like no rhyme or reason to when we could expect announcements it started really strong the first week with a couple announcements like tony hawk and other stuff and then it went quiet the sony and microsoft events kind of happened like months apart uh ubisoft was kind of thrown in there he would announce maybe one game at a time it was i don't quite blame him because that year in particular was when the pandemic started so obviously he couldn't quite rely on them but then at the same time he was the one that put this event forward so he should have known that not all the devs were going to have re have something ready and it just became exhausted it, it, very exhaustive like it was like man we're still in this and it doesn't feel like we have learned that much from stuff so so the good part is that he's consolidating a lot into one day, even though he said to expect companies to randomly announce things throughout. But if you want like a big, big thing, June 10th will be the day. He's going to have like a bunch of companies, including Sony, who recently has been gone too high for their own horses to be like, we're going to be do our own thing. And they're even, they even skipped E3 again this year. Um, they put their logo at, at Keyless thing. So they might have an announcement at, on June 10th. What will that announcement be? It'd be funny if it'd be like, here we are to announce the date for our next state of play. That would be funny. Oh, or, that's gracious. Or maybe a new game or the date of an announced game like Horizon that's supposedly still coming out this year. 
maybe something about God of War that still had that 2021 date for some reason. So, and also uh, you're just kind of like in the same vein as all of that. Uh, Microsoft also confirmed that they will have their big presentation at E3. So they're going to be part of that. And this time, because they already completed the Bethesda acquisition, they're going to be sharing presentation. So like every Bethesda, like instead of like when, when Bethesda used to have their own press conference, yeah. there's going to be a joint Microsoft Bethesda thing. Because what's funny is that even though they have acquired Bethesda, they're still making Bethesda a big deal that they can kind of be autonomous in their own name. In a way, they would try to because they're really banking on the name of Bethesda more than anything that they've been making. Yeah, but the idea was that they would allow Bethesda to have their own conference to showcase stuff. Instead, now they're mixing it all together, which to me, the less shows we have to keep up with, the better, personally. Yeah, I'll go go with that for sure. Especially living an adult life. mm -hmm. I have a limited amount of time that I need to actually, you know, do things. I can't sit around for an entire day or sit around for an entire summer of fun mm-hmm. that I can just say, okay, well, let's see what's going on today in the gaming world. By the way, you're like uh, blending into your background. Like, I do that. You're going into the Nexus. I'm falling you're into the X part. Yes. All right. I, I also keep in mind uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is going to release halfway through that. <laughs> I realized that, that you were just saying titles yeah. to Ratchet and Clank yeah. games. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, I can't wait for that game. Hopefully, it's I can have a PS5 exciting. by then. Um, and also, oh, but yeah, and console watch for that, like none here in Florida. So, <laughs> Ooh. you know, yeah. now that I'm thinking about it, one thing to add in as one little blurb tomorrow. Biomutant comes out. Alejandro, were you interested in that one at all? It is. I I was seeing some reviews. They seem a little mixed. So, yeah. But I'll I'll be interested to hear more because I don't just trust reviews. I want to hear what people also say. Mm-hmm. So, I like oh the God. concept. Are you hearing I, that? It's like just the barest, faintest amount of anything. So, so, what, talk, so, so, so what, what is it that I have this luck that? No matter what I do, there will always be a background noise that's going to interrupt everything. So obviously, we have we have our good friend, the vegetable man, always signaling. Who showed up just a little after we stopped recording officially, just yeah, last so episode. all of our listeners can know. <laughs> Which is he, like clockwork all the time. We, we beat him by like 15, 15 minutes. 15 minutes, literally, because we just kept chatting. Because we didn't just stop recording and stop talking. Sometimes we talk about other stuff. But it, that was just a funny. And then my dad had his cameo. Yes, sir. It, like the last yep. episode. So now it's oh. the construction crew from here. So, yeah, but I do not hear it, actually. I will yeah, say. Yeah, they stop right um, now. But so hence, why I'm, that, um, hence why I'm recording in an undisclosed location, because those things yeah, are right. noisy. But yeah, the <laughs> summer game, summer game fest uh, coming, coming back. I'm excited because I always get hyped for new announcements. So I'm hoping that. Now that a full year in the belt has gone in and more people have gotten used to working from home and or maybe potentially going back to the office, to their offices because of vaccinations happening. So let, let's see. I also expect Nintendo to offer a traditionally three Nintendo Direct around that time, unless otherwise stated. True. And speaking of Nintendo. Ah, okay. Always looking <laughs> to see how far they can push things. Uh, Nintendo has announced a new Amiibo, which cool if you're like, love their Amiibos. Amiibos are cool toys that will be compatible 
with the re-release of 2011's The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which is coming in July 16, if I'm not re if I'm not misremembering. But yeah, uh, but what's interesting is that usually Amiibos cost uh, 10 to $12. This one's interesting because it costs 25 freaking dollars. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> yeah. And on top of that, Nintendo has decided that this one is going to be one of those few Amiibos because that has stopped for a little bit that they are adding functionality to the, to, to the Skywars re-release. And what this, what this functionality will be is that you're going to be able to go from land to sky at a whim just by having that Amiibo and pressing it. So basically it's them admitting that Skyward Sword, as good of a game as it may be, has a lot of tedium in it. And with that toy, you can cut a little bit of that tedium because now you don't have to find a statue to go back to the sky and back and forth because there is just um, too much backtracking in that game. Way too much. Mm. Yeah, it's the first one. It's that first yep, one. that's the first one. I just wasn't sure if I wanted to do that. Yeah, there it is. Like, in our screen. Look at that. So it, 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 it's actually kind of cool looking when you look it at it. It is gorgeous. So, and that's the I thing. Like, that. I think if it was just being sold as a thing, I wouldn't mind because toys can be expensive, especially well-made toys. They deserve their money. But you're putting a, a huge quality of life improvement into buying a $25 toy. Mm-hmm. EA and Ubisoft, very notorious with their microtransactions. They are so notorious at adding the $10 time savers, so either for multiplayer or even freaking single player, especially in Ubisoft side with like its latest Assassin's Creed games. And Nintendo is charging for up $25. That's what messes me up because if it was like the $12 that most Amiibos are, or at least most that I remember uh, <laughs> costing, I would still think it was ridiculous, but not to the extent of almost what this game should have cost. Yes. And here's what's even funnier. You know how much the digital version of the Wii uh, of the Wii version of this game is that you can buy on Wii U? It is less than the Amiibo that they are selling. <laughs> I swear, I tell you, because we're not going to name names because we had an argument about this with someone. Yeah. But this is unacceptable, completely, utterly unacceptable. And it just goes to show that the kind of like power Nintendo has that they can do something so crappy like this, <laughs> like charge this much for a quality of life um, improvement to, the, for, to a game that's so known for its tedium. Mm -hmm. And some people would dare defend this. I don't care if you buy the toy because toys, collector's items are can be expensive. That's not the problem. It's the thing that they're the thing they're tying to this. And also people make the argument, but there's a bunch of statues and all that. But just the fact that you can do it with the toy and go everywhere. Like being just put the toy boom back to the sky and back to land, back to the sky, back to land. For a game that like the thing that oh, and you're just looking at betas right now, that streaming part. Like all the fetch questy things, like, because I'll just say it here, like based on the Wii version I play, like this is my least favorite 3D Zelda game of all time. 
It is. It is my least favorite. A lot of. I have a lot of gaps in my Legend of Zelda, so I can never say if it's like for sure my least favorite. I but have you played all it. the 3D ones? At least the one that no. you move in a 3D. Uh, which um, one have you not, have you not played? I haven't played Majora's Mask. Um, Are you kidding me? I never will. I have a lot of problems with um, the anxiety that that game creates. Um, the the just the concept of like a ticking clock has always messed me up. Um, and I know that I will never be able to really enjoy that because it'll always be hanging over my head. I will say this. The N64 version was pretty bad towards that. But if you have any chance to have the 3D, a 3DS with you. I have a 3DS. The 3DS version of Majora's Mask included a lot of quality of life that helps with that. Here's my other problem is um, I couldn't finish Ocarina of Time on 3DS because it made me nauseous. <laughs> I finished it on 3DS without using the 3D. You can turn on the 3D. But I had no 3D on it. It's just, I think it was the process of looking down at the screen. Um, oh, okay. Because I just couldn't really play much 3DS at all after a while. I really tried to. Um, it, too small of a screen? I think so. Uh, if it was put up on a big screen, I'd probably wouldn't have a problem with it. But um, yeah, that was that was a bit of a problem for me. I played through, of course... Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, now Breath of the Wilds. Um, I played through Spirit Tracks. Uh, oh, the DS the one. Yeah. Um, I really liked that one at the time, but that was when I was a lot younger as well, uh, and I could handle that a bit more. But um, honestly, my Legend of Zelda game library is surprisingly tiny. How it goes for me, like if I would be ranking all of that, at least it's the 3D ones pers- to me personally. Um, Wind Waker would be number one. I always switch between that one and Ocar- Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. But I thought Wind Waker was just so much more special to me. Like, and the style of that game has just hold up so spectacularly. Then goes Ocarina of Time because of the story of that game is just so amazing. Controversially, then I go Twilight Princess. I really like the edgier style that game kind of pursued. And I really, really like the story and the dungeons are excellent. Then I go to Majora's Mask down there because unlike you, like the time mechanic, I which initially seems so stressful, added a, a, a special sense of danger and eminence to everything you did in that game. And the yeah. way you can game that game into kind of figuring it out, it's so, it's so mm-hmm. cool. And like some of the boss fights that you fight when like your time is the time's ticking, like had gives a certain uh, amount of like that the, the, the feelings you, you get just starting to beat those boss before hoping that they how much you love vault of glass that makes perfect sense. Yes, so that no, you ex- would love it. <laughs> exactly. There, there's just something about that kind of high stakes kind of gameplay that is so cool, but you have to be willing to kind of like accept the game on your on the terms on its terms mm. and be able to kind of game around it. That's what's so fun is like the game presents itself, but then you can find ways to circumvent it that it's allowed by the game. Then after that, I, excuse me, I, I agree. Like to an extent, it's um, it's really enticing for something. And I mean, that's why you have your dead risings 
being mm-hmm. so popular and even the oh i don't even remember what it was called but the final fantasy 13 the third game that was in that also had yes. the same also game. had the, it, it um, comes straight from that yeah lightning I, lightning returns that's what it was called mm-hmm. um and i really tried to get into that but i just realized that i was having so much of a stressful time trying to go through everyone. all the side quests yes. and make sure i had enough to like reset the time and i was like I, i'm not even having fun anymore i'm just stressing out about it yeah, and 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 that's the thing. Like, it's fair that a time mechanic like that can be seen as like stressful for some, and it ate hey, to each their own. Mm-hmm. To me personally, that's just something that just puts it a little higher to me. Then after Majora's Mask, I would put Breath of the Wild. Like, I'm of the opinion that Breath of the Wild is like a revolutionary open world game, but as a Zelda game, it falls so short towards why I, what I expect from that series. Like compared to the other ones that. The Zelda parts of that game are not as memorable to me as the sandbox and open world it does. So, like, it's a game that I highly respect and totally deserves the accolades. And to, in my, for my money, it's still the best Switch game. But if you ask me, I'd rather play the other Zelda games. Like, you know, I'm going to have a slightly hot take, um, as in a little lukewarm. Um, the craziest thing could have been interspersing Breath of the Wild with the hyrule warriors game that would have been amazing if you had moments where you went back and played as link in the middle of the war with mm -hmm. outbreakable weapons to just show how awesome it all was let me put it this way if there were no breakable weapons in breath of the wild that game would have skyrocketed even higher but breakable weapons break that game for me i think if you (laughs) could repair um, maybe like New Vegas or something where Dark it's like, Souls. yes, yeah, or Dark Souls. Like you can break it and it will exist, but it just won't be very strong at all. Um, and then the ability to like refix everything yourself, use things that you find in the world to make them back the way they were rather than being paper mache cutouts of weapons, mm-hmm. um, I think would have been far more interesting to me uh, personally. But I, will say i really love the exploration and the adventure that that game changed something in me where i was more of the i'm going to do each of these missions as quick as i can finish the story and then i get burnt out because i just play the heck out of the game but legend of zelda breath of the wild had this like forcibly put in mechanic to stop me from doing all of the things as quickly as i wanted to to make me experience the world around me. And then that's changed the way I have seen every other game since to force Makes myself sense. to slow down and experience the world. So I don't get that burnout. And then it's caused me to actually enjoy games that I previously burned through far more case in point, going back to horizon zero dawn. And I would dare say that's the only reason why I actually went back to destiny two as well, or red dead online, because mm-hmm. the world's the, enjoyment of it all walking through in destiny you have your vault of glass you have your stars above you um in the middle of all of the chaos that kind of makes me sit back and be like wow this is actually really pretty before you go right back into the all you know makes sense yeah and um i was and then after breath of the wild for me goes skyward sword like those are all the 3d Zelda games like officially mainline ones and skyward sword to me the only thing that i put praise to that game is its story because they had a really interesting emphasis on story compared to other entries but so much of that game has problems 
the controls were a problem. The design of how you go to different places felt too fragmented and was a problem. The amount of backtracking in that game is a problem. That going back to this thing, because we went in that ranking Zelda tangent, at least for, for me personally, yeah. that anything to make the tedium of that game be cut would have made it better. And it sucks that something like that, as tiny as it may seem, is put in a toy purchase. And that's just, to me, like no company deserves a free pass mm-hmm. when you put like a time saver because the existence is itself of, the, of a time saver is you admitting that something in your game is wrong. No yeah. matter what you like, there's no way to twist it. Like you don't do time savers on a game if, not, if a part of it is not wasting your time, as little as it is. Because you're putting the idea for it. Like, just being able to skip something like that. Um, it's you putting it and admitting that there is something a little bit in there that is disrespectful of anyone's time, depending on how anyone's willing to have their time disrespected. And to me, it's, it's, it's unacceptable. And it has made me a little bit less excited about the, um, about the release because I wanted to play because I'm like, I, at least it has stick controls for the combat. To, to, for it to be played like in handle mode and all of that. But knowing that then something like that was kind of carved off for a toy purchase, it's just gross. So yeah, moving on from that. Yeah. And if you defend whoever you are, if you defend that, <laughs> you're a simp. That's what, yeah, that, that, it's, that, that's what uh, it is. Question why you are agreeing with... With a corporation willing to screw you over. <laughs> that... That is a, a good decision to come to. Yes. Question. So, All right. So moving on, because I have to like try to speed through this before my computer dies, because for some reason it's not charging. Oh, no. Uh, so, okay. So if, if you're a fan of games from the previous generation that get performance patches to take advantage of a new console hardware, good news. The Last of Us Part Two, and Naughty Dog's very notorious, controversial masterpiece from the end of the generation is... Um, Getting a PS or uh, as of right right at this moment already has a PS5 patch. Yes. And yeah, and yes, Paul, this game wasn't 60 frames when it came out. It was a very smooth 30. I okay. You're gonna loud cap me in front of everybody like that. But yes, <laughs> I actually thought that it was already at 60 frames per second at the time. Um, I was playing on the PS4 Pro, mm-hmm. and um, I did not realize that it was actually still at 30 frames per second. So it was because you, uh, uh, for me. yeah, because the thing is that 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 game performs so well with so very few frame rate drops. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right now because of the video, it looks a little choppy. I don't know how it's gonna translate. Oh, for me, video. it looks great, but yeah. um, I yeah. guess it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, for me because of the computer that I'm that, that I'm at, but it's like. When you have a game that has a very smooth 30 and then you do like motion blur and all that, it makes it seem smoother than it is. That stranding was like that also. So it, it, it could trick you, your mind, even though it's like the frames are still capped at a certain amount. Hmm. I saw videos from Digital Foundry of the game running at 60 frames and it's transformative. And it just makes me think how much better things like the gunplay will be with like more data and, and all of that. And... I did hear one thing that makes me curious is that um, while the game is set to 60 frames per second, the motion blur was it's tar- not it's turned fixed. Off. Yeah. Um, and well, it's sometimes it's turned off, but I think as default, it is at 30 frames per second. 
So if you're not paying attention or you're not careful to fix that, um, you'll have this really smooth movement and then the motion blur will kick in at yeah. half the frames. Yeah. And the thing is, motion blur has to be pre-baked into, um, I'm going to say this, uh, into the into the shutter speed. Mm. And and probably why there there's no motion blur at 60s was because it was baked in for it to look smoother at 30 interesting so and the thing is that you have the option you can like keep it at 30 if you want like the game already performs really well oh, but so it there's, lets you change it back if you yeah want. yeah it, there's a toggle. you go to the options there's a toggle there okay so so i think and to me like i'm at a point where 60 frames or nothing like 60 like now that we have machine especially because i got to see an npc obviously i don't have an next-gen console but getting to really experience super smooth 60 frames is breaking games for me now where I used to be fine with 30. And I think it's doing the same thing for you. It has for sure. Um, and it's actually made me consider genuinely buying the uh, special edition of DMC five just for those uh, 60 frames. But the thing is that the game was already at 60 frames in um, well, PS4 and PS4 Pro, stability. but even yeah, but the extra stability and it yeah. actually can go up to 120 frames if you have a monitor or a TV that allows for that. So it that's can be what I'm realizing now is the the bouncing back and forth is what messes me up more than having a stable lower frame rate. Mm -hmm. um, and if it jumps all over the place, then I'm like, whoa, okay, something's all. It all of a sudden it like caught up to itself and then it dropped back down. Mm -hmm. um, that's one reason why Fallout was messing with me for so long back when that was a thing. I don't know if you remember that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, no so, Fallout. Um, with, Fallout is notorious for having horrible frame rate. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, the, I would say that just the the awesome jump and the stability for all of these things going on has been um, just fantastic to see all of these old games go. I mean, I say old games, but games that really didn't have the tech that we needed. And now it's not really about the photorealistic graphics. It's not about the realistic colors of that weird grayscale era. It's more about making it as smooth as you can for ease of use for quality of life for accessibility as we see with last of us Two, making mm -hmm. it one of the few games that you can play as a completely blind person um just mm -hmm. the things that you can change to make that happen i didn't even think that was possible but, but then they figure it out when they figured it out i was like well goodness gracious let's do that for more like let these people experience the amazing stories that we are taking for granted and complaining about on twitter yes I yeah, I'm I'm all for this new phase of uh, games for sure. And I will say that this gives me more reason to replay a game that I platinum whenever I get a PS5, whenever that moment is. So yeah, if you're interested to have a reason to play this game at in a, a smoother frame rate, you have that option. It is completely free. Just keep in uh, this. The interesting thing about this is that this probably means that they're not doing a Last of Us Part Two remaster like they did the original because they just patched it because we part, yeah I but mean, there's also okay yeah but remember there's also that rumor floating that that their unnecessary remake of the first game is still coming yeah. that's supposed to make the game look like this which i mean this See, game's a this i don't know what they pretty, mean by yeah. like remake as far as like how much is being replaced and how much is just being bumped up is um, what i'm wondering if it's like the shadow of the colossus remake that replaced everything while still looking how you remember it but better i think maybe that's what they're doing and the rumor think, is like, that new textures yeah and the rumor was like the floating rumor after the bloomberg report happened yeah. is that 
they're gonna they, they're remaking the game to look like two, which is a leap in gameplay uh, and feel. Okay. Pack it in with the second game and also include factions, the multiplayer that wasn't in the in the in the no. uh, in in this in this thing, which I is still something they were they trying work. to institute that in this. Uh, supposedly, but apparently, like the rumor is that whenever factions comes in, it's gonna just be on PS5. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, especially by the time where we're at now, it would it would make sense. So yeah, exciting stuff. That's still Last of Us Part Two, still my game of the year. I know you didn't like it as much, but that yeah, was my my favorite game of last year. So anything to respect to re- where it's due. Yes. Sure. Even though I also agree with you that Naughty Duck's time has come, and I hope other Sony uh, studios get even more limelight, kind of like God of War did mm-hmm. back in like 2018. I think they have a huge roster that. They all deserve their time to do something as special as what Naughty Dog did. So this one's an interesting one because this one could be seen as something that it affects more the entertainment world, this but it also affects one, gaming. Yeah. Also, like AT&T, who back in 2018, they made a huge purchase of Warner Media, which for the people inside baseball, is like the reason why the, the original version of Justice League was so screwed up was because they were not willing to delay that movie because this merger purchase was happening and the execs wanted the bonuses of having this movie out mm-hmm. before the merger came in. That's the reason why like that movie had mustache gate. That's the reason why like they didn't give more time for the special effects. They needed to take that movie out no matter what because it was yeah. already set in stone. Hmm. So after three years, AT&T, and also I didn't put it this year, I've been $150 billion in depth. They're like, consolidating off their Time Warner division and they're going to mix it with a new partnership with Discovery, the people that do the Discovery Channel and all of that. Hmm. And the interesting fact about this merger isn't just what's going to happen to Warner Brothers and its subsidiaries, it's what's going to happen to WB Games because apparently in this merger it's going to like split up what goes where. So like over at Discovery, some some studios are going to be under there and then uh, AT&T will keep those. It's a huge mess. And this is and this is going to uh, leave the fate of studios like Monolith, who did the Middle Earth games, Shadow of War and Shadow Mortar, Rocksteady, the Arkham game, the, the guys that made the Arkham games and are currently working on Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, WB Montreal, the guys that are doing Gotham Knights, NetherRealm Studios, the guys that make Mortal Kombat and Injustice, and others like Traveler Sales, the guys that make the Lego games. Their future right now is in flux as this is still kind of figured out. And it's something, uh, I think it's still a developing story because we don't know like the solids, but I'm mm-hmm. worried for them because what happens when mergers like this happen, Paul? Everything that we love gets crushed underfoot and kind of forgotten because mm-hmm. as much as um, as much as gaming is a huge business, when it comes up into next to everything else that's in like the mainstream of life, they don't seem to value the game side of it, no mm-hmm. matter how much money it makes. And it just kind of gets lost in the end. Yeah. Um, and, yeah the, and, the big, and the big fear, layoffs. Every time that okay. you make something, there's always the fear of layoffs. And I worry that could, what could happen to these studios, like if they start getting merged with anything and what their new corporate conglomerates will see will be the appropriate business uh, path forward for them. So terrifying stuff for these studios, especially because they have games that I'm very interested to see in the next year or games two. Games like, that are 
pillars of the gaming community between i mean the ones Mortal that you Kombat. just listed off like that lists four or five massive series that are very beloved by everyone right now like from the arkham you've got your shadow of mordor and war you've got your uh, mortal combat and everything else that's in between and i genuinely worry about that because those are some of my favorites same um, i'm not a huge fighting game guy but i can really appreciate and respect what mortal combat is doing especially recently with the resurgence of like pop culture icons being in the game mm -hmm. amazing move that's, and the mortal combat yeah. game story modes are like the best in the business for people that are like not just playing with friends so and say and what I'm... you will about the movie but i'd say the was movie was fun i enjoyed the movie a lot for what it was especially and you it can still watch it on HBO Max. Yeah, it could have been so much worse. Like, like, just keep in mind where we we're coming from. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah, that abysmal and piece the, of crap. Um, <laughs> the YouTube uh, videos that was like a mini series. Mortal Kombat Legacy. That's what it was called. Yes. Um. Yeah. And final story. Um, THQ Nordic, the uh, yes, the resurrected company i want to call it like the company that absorbed the thq name and then went on the buying spree uh with their enforcers at um at what you might call it at the enforcer group that um they have like this 60 studios now which is insane uh they announced this week that they're bringing back um the heads of what used to be free radical entertainment which was a first person shooter studio that had some great talent back in the day and they're bringing back an amazing series that we're looking a video at called Time Splitters, which for people who don't know, it's like it was a first person shooter about a time traveler whose feel is like Golden 007 on N64 and Perfect Dark because it's the people that used to do those games. Three of these games came out in the PS2, Xbox and GameCube era with the original Time Splitters actually being a launch game on PS2 back in the year 2000. Then uh, a sequel came out in like 2002, 2003. And then the final game, Time Splitters Future Perfect, which we're looking at it right now, mm -hmm. uh, came out uh, during, uh, what do you call it? Came out in 2005, the year that the Xbox 360 came out and was the final game in the series. And right now you're, you've actually put in the zombie level, which is hilarious. Uh, I have zero context for this as I did not uh play any of these when i was younger and i wish that i had because just looking at how ridiculous all this is yes um, it's over the top it's fast-paced arcadey shooting uh with ridiculous scenarios like right now this is literally a zombie movie like, you go back to the 1990s and it becomes like a an all 1990s zombie flick <laughs> so so yeah, yeah th those games weird. those games were fun and they were fun to play co-op and I'm excited because that this is the kind of first-person shooter we don't get anymore. First-person shooters are more self-serious or more competitive and all that. Mm -hmm. And like as, as, you, as you skip around, as you see it, now he's in the future. There's like the futuristic guns there. And I think what makes this interesting is that this studio was dead. This studio got killed in 2008 when they made this PS3 exclusive game called Haze. That it had like oh, that. I remember that one. Yeah, the, the cover was iconic. It had like a guy with a jello mask uh-huh that game was bad it was so bad it killed that studio and the remnants of that studio got absorbed into crytek uk who did and eventually did Homefront: the revolution which was not very good 
Yeah, and about that one too. Especially because the first home run done by different people was actually a decent game. And um, unfortunately, yeah, and then that game got absorbed by uh, that company got absorbed by Deep Silver, which then got absorbed by the enforcer group that is part of THQ Nordic. So it's a very interesting story for this unfortunate series because they actually were planning on making a time splitters for a free radical. And because they went down on uh, after Hayes, it never happened. So almost 16 years later, they're now they're just starting. That's the thing. They just ran. So the game, then whatever this new game is, doesn't really exist yet. But man, it's if I'm not the, excited, yeah. The rumors around it. Not rumors, it's confirmed. They're working well, on it. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they, they came forward being they came forward official being like, we brought back these guys, we're bringing the series back. When? Who knows? <laughs> we don't so, know. So yeah, so that's the and that's the end of the news. Hopefully, huh. this didn't seem too rushed because I am uh I don't even know how much how long we've been recording. <laughs> it's so. I realized that like partway through this that I, I had no idea what uh how much time it's been, but that's the beauty when it's in Zoom, you can record as long as you want. If it's just two people, if it's three, it's like 45 minutes. So right. oh, you know what, Alejandro? I have one last thing to briefly mention. Go for it. I feel like it's video game related um as the series. Uh, on Netflix, Castlevania just had its fourth season. Final um, season on top of that. Yes, final season as Netflix was canning that. But I did hear um, two things, one of which you told me, the other of which being that uh, they are going to make a new series with spin-off. the same with different characters, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a spinoff with Castlevania still uh, in their universe. And then also that the same crew is working on a Devil May Cry animated. Yeah, show that I that I told you that, that news from like three years about, ago, and I did not. I missed that <laughs> somewhere. But um, considering the work and effort they put into Castlevania, um, I'm very excited for that. But to give it the respect it's due, Castlevania for anybody that did not watch it, um, I wasn't a huge fan of season three, but the entire thing spans an immensely satisfying and concise storyline and i was a big fan of season three because of the steps it took to make season four so great it it made the it laid the foundation especially after the kind of final approach of season two um it instituted introduced a lot of plot threads a lot of characters a lot that i was not sure about um but seeing it pay off in the following season very much makes it worth it and it makes me realize how important a good ending is for everything because i was not ready to enjoy castlevania again after that but after the se- season 4 finale i want to go back and watch the whole thing again what day is today paul uh the 24th what happened 5 days ago 2 years ago uh, are we going to talk about game of thrones again yeah <laughs> Just really, just 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 really quick. So, what happened to the show when they didn't see the landing? Exactly, it is gone completely. Any mention of it in pop culture, any like, I mean, you have merchandise here and there, but it's not even close to the way it was. Um, Any sort of, it is a black mark. Yeah, forever. And Um, and even though they announced the uh, the prequel, they started showing. Nobody really cares. No, it, it just brings back the. PTSD of how bad that yeah. they bungled that final season for a show that was such a cultural phenomenon that and, it's um, ready to disappear like this. 
I, I just feel bad for all the poor girls that were named Daenerys. Yeah. <laughs> that have to live with that for the yeah, rest, for of, the their rest lives, of their lives, <laughs> which y'all can look it up. It exists. And I feel very bad for them. Super, super, super bad for them, too. So, yeah, Paul, that's it yeah. for the show. Um, is there any game that you want to keep doing book club for, especially now that I finished mine and it wasn't eh, any Man, in your RE3? I yeah I finished that um I'm gonna decide if I want to get Biomutant and I'll let you know um if I get that and what my thoughts are gonna be on it I'll let Mass Effect Legendary Edition to continue to be my new book club game because that's the other game that I'm playing right now I and mean, I you've got three see games through. to digest in there yeah um, but at least uh, and Mass Effect one is the important one because uh that's the game that got the most rework two and three I don't expect it to be so different because those games were solid back mm -hmm. uh, already in 360 like i mentioned uh, i think what it was last show that i played on three the 360 versions of those games in backwards compatibility last year so around during during lockdown so right. i'm not expecting much on that but i really want to see everything through in mass effect one now because um now that the gameplay is not borderline unplayable in the 2020 context i'm yeah. more inclined to explore i'm more inclined to like go do most of the side content because before the gameplay was just so old feeling that I didn't want to bang my hand against the wall. Yeah. So, so yeah, that will be my book club game. And if you get Biomutant, uh, that may be yours if you end up buying it. Um, do you have an alternative just in case? So we have a little bit of homework. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I will have one by next week for sure. Yes. Said uh, you can tell that to me off screen, and then yeah. you can re and then you can reveal it. All right. let's say it's by a mutant but if you end up not going for it you'll decide yep. so thank you everyone to tune into now this experimental uh episode of the x one where we is hopefully the screen sharing shows let's x see button on on yeah. the go portable x button, x button on the go so this is going to be my reality until mid-june so hopefully it's not going to affect okay. much of the quality and we will continue to try to do our best to upload episodes in the around the same time frame the like willing if i'm able to edit it in a computer that's it's not as capable as my other one right so but at least this time we can get out ahead of all the craziness and yes. let people know in the previous episode that things are going to be a little different for the exactly next yeah. couple of weeks yeah and at least we have the will now to keep on going like to not miss a week amen to that but the good thing is that we're since we're also on the on podcast services like i mentioned at the end of last show Hey. And I'm, re I'm reminding here that will be very easy to like upload. At least mm -hmm. audio versions of that show will, won't be a problem. So we will continue. The X button will continue unabated. So, Paul, where can people find you? They can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter, at AngelSword21 on Twitch, and also Dork of Art on YouTube for now, um, but mostly here. Yeah, you can, and you can find me. Uh, Alejandro Segovia at a underscore Dro Segovia on Twitter and you can find me also on Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Slayer Giant which I won't be able to stream anything there for a little bit because I don't have my equipment here but yeah, right. just keep that in mind for whenever that ends up happening so and uh, I also uh, yeah, I always keep forgetting about my website the Critical Corner which is going to be under the uh, Xscape Media umbrella but all retaining its name that's where reviews that we end up writing if we end up writing anything will always be so yeah that's it paul thank you for your time and 
Thank you all for your time. We appreciate everyone that listens to our show. And don't forget to like, subscribe, share. <laughs> the, the, the might and magic of the X button. So until next time, press X. The play. See you guys later.